0: Five, four, three, two, one. <clears throat> Thanks for tuning in to All Swish No Ish. Here is your host, Cody, Cody McFalla.
1: If you haven't already, I encourage you to. Look us up on social media and follow us. Give us a like. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The handle is at McBaller Sports Training. We are on all those platforms as well as our website, McBallerSports.site123.me. There you can keep current with latest article postings, podcasts, and social media updates as well. Old and new episodes of the All Swish No Ish podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube as well. Who's there? Here in studio today we are joined by the man, the beard, the fiance, Josh Seedling. He is an AAU coach currently and has experience at the elementary school level, the high school level, and the college level with basketball. So he has a wide range of experience to draw from. So before we get into the questions that we have prepared, I would just like to run through my favorite Josh Seedling story real quick. Um, Me and Josh grew up in the same neighborhood. We've known each other since we were born pretty much. And freshman year, we were on the same basketball team. And Josh struggled at the free throw line. I think that's fair to say. That's probably putting it nicely. Uh, There was a time when we were kids, we were shooting at church. And Josh was shooting on an outside court. And his dad actually promised him that if he made five free throws in a row, he'd buy him a cell phone. And we were probably in fourth or fifth grade at this time, Um, but needless to say, Josh waited a few years for that cell phone, (laughs) (laughs) and a few years later, we're a ninth grade freshman, and we're playing on a basketball team at Franklin County High School, and me and Josh were probably the biggest dudes on the team, and we have practice, everyone's worn out, coach calls everyone to the baseline, And he's choosing anyone at random. And that random person has to make two free throws before everyone can go home. And every time you miss one, you got to do a suicide. So we're all getting on the baseline, getting ready. And there's one person left that's scooting around in the back. And that is yours truly, Josh Seedling. And he's scooting around in the back. And the head coach calls out and says, hey, Seedles. And that's where the nickname Seedles came from. Yep. So, and so Josh makes his way up to the line, and I—do you remember how many you bricked? Because I don't remember.
0: We are actually currently still at the gym shooting those. <laughs> we never actually got to leave practice.
1: Needless to say, that as a freshman, Josh was not popular among the upperclassmen at that particular juncture.
0: I will neither confirm nor deny the hazing that happened afterwards. <laughs> So why don't you just let the listeners know
1: the AAU team, what your guys' name is, where you're based out of, and how long you've been doing that for?
0: Well, our team name is Southeastern Supersonics. We're out of Southeastern Indiana, uh, located right around Laurel, Connersville area, Um, and this is our second full year. Is this your second year with the AAU experience as well? Uh, No, this is my third year coaching, uh, the very first year I was with Indiana Elite. Okay, gotcha. So I am interested
1: in just taking the next few minutes to ask you some questions about your experience with AAU basketball, school ball, and then comparing and contrasting the two at the end. So first off, could you touch on what the difference is between AAU basketball and school ball for some people that... Never played in one of those leagues. They might think that they're similar, but I think there's a world of difference between the two.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree. I would say the biggest difference in school ball and AAU ball would have to be fundamentals. AAU gets kind of sloppy at times. It's not really structured, it's kind of a glorified pickup game, where school ball is you guys more, it's more built around programs or you know stuff like that but I, w- I would say fundamentals would be the biggest difference in AAU and school ball but then also uh, tempo um, is another thing it is up-tempo you know pretty much shoot every time you touch it type of style
1: with AAU also because I never played AAU I had an older sister that did are the games different like in high school if you're varsity it's eight
0: minute quarters how is it in AAU Usually, there are two 16 minute halves. So, you play more like a college structured game. And with the
1: Supersonics, where do you guys play most of your games since you're out in the middle
0: of nowhere in Indiana? The majority of our games are around Franklin.
1: If you could elaborate on, as a coach for AAU, like what the time commitment is for the players, like with practice and game schedules, because the last episode, I talked to Deacon, who played AAU previously, and he said that he liked AAU better than school ball just because the time commitment was less. Um, mm-hmm.
0: How does that look for your team? Um, I would I would agree. In our, our situation, we have a lot of kids that play spring ball or do uh, summer sports also. So usually we practice twice a week and then – typically those practices fall on the weekends and then you know whenever we're not practicing we usually have a tournament on the weekend so the time commitment is not as um, as much as school ball is uh, for our team but I do know teams that they will practice four times a week um, and then play on the weekends. so as no, I would still say across the board AU time commitment is not as much as school commitment but you know with our team it's Significantly less. And so with the with the time
1: commitment being drastically different than like school year ball, do you think that the summer circuit benefits athletes like athletically in development and also with their social lives? Because I would imagine that a lot of your players probably come from different areas, so they're getting to meet and connect with different families?
0: Yeah. I do think it benefits the athletes, uh, both socially and athletically. Um, like you said, you know, socially they get to meet new people, parents that helps them, you know, uh, get to reach out and, you know, meet new friends and stuff like that. But I think athletically it benefits them even more because, uh, AU is, like I said before, it was uh more tempo. So then they're, you know, getting more conditioning, um, on the weekends, you know, when we play and, uh, I also think AAU, a lot less foul calls uh, are made with AAU ball. Uh, Refs like to let you play a little bit, so they get to experience a more physical side of basketball, whereas, you know, translate that into the school year, some of those, you know, touch fouls will get called, and they can now finish through those because of AAU.
1: Yeah, I would imagine, It's something that I never really thought about, so you just said it, that... Uh AAU tournaments and things like that, referees probably, it wouldn't be unheard of if they repped like four or five games in a session. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: if you think about that, and if you have a referee near the end of the day, he's probably not going to blow his whistle as much as he had at the first game at noon or something. Yeah. So along the lines of AAU, how would you say parents affect your program? Because I know in schools throughout the year you know some schools are open to parent interaction other schools are closed and aau historically has a bad reputation for parents really controlling their players outright how how does that look in your program
0: i've been fortunate and blessed with uh, good parents in my program uh they help me more than they hurt me and they don't really ever hurt me it's just you know advice or whatever but um i've been fortunate uh, parents, they they definitely back me in my program, so I've been really blessed in in that situation. Are you one of the coaches that allow parents to watch your practices? Yes, because um, we are kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and we draw kids from a bunch of different places. Some kids are, you know, driving an hour to practice. So with a two-hour practice, you know, the parent can't really go back home or nothing so I just let them sit there and you know watch practice or whatever and do you do you feel with an open practice you know when there's outside
1: eyes on the program do you feel like you can't maybe lay into a player as much as you would if it was just the coaching staff and the players like are you more hesitant to try to correct a player because you don't want there to be a possibility of the parent getting angry and then withdrawing the player from the
0: program yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i don't want you know with aau the player and his family are you know paying to play on your team and when they come to practices they're invested and in stuff i you know like you said i do feel a little hesitant to lay into them because you know i don't want to cause anything or anything like that so yeah i would say uh it definitely does affect it so you mentioned that you have players from
1: various counties in Indiana. I'm just curious, how do you
0: recruit your players? Well, I started with max preps and then try to find some local players through there. And then it kind of just spread out to uh, connections with some players that were already on the team. Uh, They would recommend some other players and, Social media played a big part in it. Uh, Instagram, I would, you know, find some kids on there or whatever. Um, But, you know, it is definitely hard to recruit in this uh, small area. So um, I kind of, you know, did a numerous of things.
1: Yeah, and I know that you have experience, you know, within the school year ball and AAU. Do you Mm -hmm. see a difference in – team chemistry or the relationships and how they're formed between AAU and school ball because AAU is rapid fire. You know, it's like you said, you do a couple practices a week for a summer. Do you see a high turnover of players? You've been coaching on for three years. Uh, do you see a high turnover of players from year to year? Or are you kind of building that relationship and laying the foundations for players to return?
0: I do see high turnover. We usually can keep anywhere from four to five uh, players from the previous year, and the rest, you know go on to do other things in the summer, whether baseball or soccer or whatever. Um, but yeah, um, you you were mentioned chemistry. I do think school ball has uh, better chances for chemistry. Um, because AAU t- tends to be a little bit hero ball. Um, and then with the rapid fire, you know, you're plugging in, we're plugging in four or five new kids every year. So it, it chemistry definitely takes a big hit with that.
1: Yeah, that's kind of
0: what I was thinking,
1: that without there being, you know, daily practices for seven months or six months, however it is in high school, that – it's probably harder to see the players hanging out off the court and things like that because they're only spending a handful of hours together a week. So it sounds like a ball takes a lot to commit to. Why is that something that you decided to get into to coach AAU? Was it, was it for the money you getting that shoe money from Nike? and Adidas?
0: <laughs> Uh, that's confidential, but now, uh, I did it more to uh, sharpen my coaching skills um, just as more experience, um, you know, to see different things, see different styles, see, you know, different type of players and and all that. I I just did it more for honing in um, my coaching uh, experience or my coaching skills, but also I did it to, to help out kids around this area that you know may not have had a chance to play elsewhere kind of give them a way to get out and you know whether they want to pursue basketball outside of high school or not but kind of a way for them to come play ball over the summer and you know have some fun beating some other teams doing it
1: yeah i think that's a good point you said like the kids around you know laurel whoever brooke phil greensburg we the kids in those schools you might think you're the top dog of your school but then you're wondering like every year maybe we're winning sectional why aren't we winning regional and stuff it's because basketball is a different game the closer you get to indianapolis i think the bigger faster stronger the kids get
0: yes i would agree
1: so i'm curious as to what your approaches as a coach, would you identify yourselves as more of an X's and O's game plan type of coach or a player's coach, a guy that connects with people on a relationship basis and gets the group to operate
0: more efficiently as a whole? I would definitely say I'm more of a player coach uh, right now. I kind of eventually want to become both, but I feel like X's and O's really takes time to... Get to where I want to call myself that. But r- right now, I'm more of a, a players coach. I, I can connect to them. Um, I do pride myself on always putting players first. Um, but as of right now, I'm going to stick with more of a players coach. Hopefully, down the road, I can be a little bit of both. Do you
1: think, like the people that are listening to this or other coaches that you've talked to, if you were to advertise that and say, I'm a players coach? Do they look at that as a weakness? Like, oh, this guy, maybe they think doesn't have the intelligence to have a successful playbook, so he just
0: identifies as a relationship coach. They may see it that yeah. way, but it's more of I look at it as X's and O's comes with more experience and you know years of studying, uh, which I do, uh, but. You know, I've only really been coaching for about four years. So I've seen a lot of stuff because I've been, you know, coaching at different stuff. But, you know, I always I don't ever want to get to a point where I think I know a lot and I know too much. And I always want to keep myself hungry for more because you could have all the knowledge in the world. But if you can't relate it to a player, then it's no good.
1: You can make a strong argument for both coaches, the X's and O's and the players. But mm. I think sports, like anything in the world, but more so, is built on relationships. Yeah. You know, a high school player or a college player, they might transfer to another school based solely on a negative relationship with the coaching staff or players. And I think it's even more important in AAU because there is a high turnover. If they don't like you, they're just going to join another group yeah, that, that's something that probably built off of for a whole podcast, honestly, the difference between those two styles. Since we touched on that, I'm interested in what you would identify as the biggest thing you've learned so far with your AAU experience, whether it's recruiting, an X's and O's thing, just anything.
0: I would say the biggest thing I learned in AAU basketball would definitely be how to better relate to kids and because in AAU, you know, the typical AAU coach is pictured as, you know, laid back. So that's I I don't, I'm laid back, but I want to get to know these kids. I want to know what gets them you know, going, what, how to get the best out of them. So I think the biggest thing that I've learned in AAU is not everybody uh, operates the same. You know, you're not going to get the same result out of everybody by doing the same thing so you know that's some of the biggest stuff that I've learned is how to relate to players how to draw out the best of them
1: yeah and I would say that that probably that that connects to your to you identifying as a players coach as well because if you were an x and o's coach and you know you had a proven system of success then you wouldn't have the need or the desire, really, to want to connect with them, because you would think, well, even if this player leaves, I'll just plug someone else into that position. Yeah. So if there's someone out there listening to us right now, and they're a high school athlete wanting to get into the AAU circuit, what is some advice you would give to a future player, someone that's
0: thinking about joining the summer circuit? Reach out to Southeastern Supersonics first. No, no, no. Um, I I would say do it because it's a great experience. I think everybody that is serious about basketball and, you know, whether or not you want to play further uh, past high school, I do believe every kid needs to experience AAU because it it is – when everything's clicking on all cylinders, it's camaraderie like none other. Um, You form friendships. Some, you know, could be lifelong friends. I definitely would recommend AAU for kids that are you know, contemplating whether or not to play. And
1: on the same lines, what advice would you give to a parent
0: that is looking into AAU for their son or daughter? This is going to sound harsh, but be realistic. Uh, don't force your kid to be on a team if he's the 10th man on the team just so he can travel around. Even though you think he's you know, good enough to be a star – realistically maybe the kid needs to you know experience more playing time than just two seconds at the end of a uh, yeah. you know end of a game or whatever So I, that's one thing I would recommend is uh, you know just let the kid play and don't you know live your glory days through the kid.
1: So it sounds like what you're saying is like sometimes AAU isn't for everybody like maybe it'd be better for that player to spend a summer going to the YMCA or the local park and just fine-tuning
0: their game? Yeah, you know, it's not for everybody. I, I would I would recommend doing it, uh, you know, just to try AAU and see if you like it. But, no, there's no shame in, you know, going and honing your skills. Um, actually, I think it should be done simultaneously, if you ask me, because um, going out and, and bettering and training yourself outside of AAU, you get to – practice um what you've learned and what you're training yourself in the aau games you know there's really not much repercussion to go out and you know say you just learn to do you know a double behind the back dribble into a step back jumper or whatever you know something something crazy like that and you, and you want to try it you know aau is one of the better times to try it because you're not going to have <laughs> your high school coach screaming and ripping your head off yeah that's a get, good. i never thought of that Yeah, you know, it's a a great time to, you know, just almost figure yourself out as a player, I I would say. So, I'm going to sum up
1: what you just said and tell me from right or not. that AU is basically the best time to make your biggest basketball mistakes.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I've had kids that get stuck in the post playing a five, and for me, he comes up, brings the ball up you know or you know he's out constantly he shoots about 10 threes a game for me but he doesn't get outside the paint in his high school ball um, it, it's definitely a time to you know try your mistakes you only get better by trying it and you know if it fails then you know what you put more work into it and you keep going
1: yeah i agree so we've talked about players and parents that are looking to AAU what would be your line of advice for a
0: guy wanting to get into coaching on the scenes? I would I would definitely recommend it. One thing though I would recommend is make sure you are making the experience enjoyable for the kids. Have fun with it. It's a great experience. And
1: to reach out to you cuz you could probably use an extra hand. 100%. So I'm interested in with the final few questions here talking about the differences between the boys and girls games or the men's and women's games because you have experience coaching a girls team correct yes and what
0: what level was that and where was it at i have uh, i've coached several girls teams i used to coach a 5th and 6th grade girls middle school team and then i've also was the JV head coach for Oldenburg Academy and the varsity assistant coach for Oldenburg Academy. Yeah, you are the jack of all trades in
1: southeastern Indiana. (laughs) And also, what role did you serve at, you're a student at Indiana University, the East Campus in Richmond. What role did you serve with the team this
0: past season? I was the student assistant.
1: Okay, so you're a guy that has a bunch of experience at different levels you you've seen it here and there uh what do you think are some of the biggest differences between boys and girls or men and women and i don't just mean athletically but do you think there's a difference between what drives them or motivates them and also like how they prepare for games do girls approach it
0: differently than guys that's a really good question i i think motivation some of the guys i've been around are more motivated about personal success sometimes whereas the girls that i've been around they more are camaraderie friendship let's do this together honestly i feel like they are more fundamentally sound sometimes than men's basketball.
1: Yeah, um, I, I don't think that's anything that can even be disputed, honestly. Yeah. That's why I think if you're a coach for women's, like you are, you're more reliant on X's and O's because with the men's games, if you make a mistake, you can do a chase down block and make sure they don't score off your turnover. Whereas in the women's game, that chase down block isn't as likely. So you don't have the athletic ability that can minimize some of your mistakes. I do think that's something that's overlooked at that level.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And I think that what you just said about guys having like their own agendas when they play,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I could easily see that. You know, a guy, he's joined a team maybe to try to get the ladies, whereas... I've never heard of a girl say she joined a team to, like, try to get on the guy's radar or something. Yeah. So along the the lines of, you know, comparing the athletes, do you see a difference between players? So whether your time with Oldenburg or in college at the NAIA level, with players that you know play AAU or didn't play AAU ball, do you see any difference between them maybe in their their attitude, their sportsmanship, their coachability like is the AAU players more hard working
0: than the guys that just played school ball or anything like that? I would I would say there is definitely a difference in the players that have played AAU versus that have not and the biggest would be AAU because of the setup with the two halves when they go to college and play this will be speaking from you know me noticing this at IU East the conditioning it's it's a different level once you get to college and I feel like AAU almost puts you in that type of of shape because you got two 16 minute halves not a lot of foul calls Uh, so when you get to college you know there is going to be some but there's a lot of play through stuff, and the players are bigger in AAU, they're bigger in college, faster in AAU, faster in college, more athletic in AAU, more athletic in college. Uh, Kids that don't play AAU, if they are trying to play college ball, it will be an eye-opening experience Uh, because AAU ball does prep you in those terms uh, for college ball, and I know college coaches, they actually – want to know what AAU teams you are on and you belong to. Uh, they they respect those almost as much as high school teams. So do you think that whether it's a
1: boy or a girl that plays AAU ball, do you think AAU has the same effect on a boy or a girl athlete? Because I just don't know if maybe a guy plays AAU and – Like you said, guys are able to join a group of like minded individuals and just embrace that hero ball, whereas girls are more into it, like you mentioned, for the camaraderie and the building the friendships. So would AAU ball be harder for a girl to adapt to
0: more than a guy because just how they're raised within the game? Um, yeah. I have talked to a few girls that I have coached and they didn't really like high school or the AAU scene because they said it was a lot of hero ball. So I, I do see ups and downs with both, but I do think um, it does affect the, the, the women's side um, more than the men's with that aspect.
1: Yeah. final up. With your role at IU East,
0: what were your duties there like on a day-to-day basis? When I would get to practice, sometimes I would have to sweep the floor. I would help rebound. I would take care of the laundry after practice. And then sometimes I would help watch film of practice and break uh, the practice film down. And with your time there,
1: did you ever see players maybe getting
0: treated differently by professors or the staff? As a student manager, I kind of got the same um, treatment they did. Oh, my. One class, the professor was actually a player, uh, an ex-player. We would still have to do the same assignments as everyone, but he was a little more lenient with time frame. Like, if we had a game the night it was due or a, a night of a quiz was a game or something like that, he would let us either you know take it early or take it later, uh, something along those lines. But honestly, it goes the other way, too. Um, I've seen professors not like student athletes you know that they are like well you're not gonna get any special treatment from me well you kind of just gave them special treatment in the negative way but I've, I've seen it kind of in both directions do you know
1: of the players at iu east like how many of them played aau or didn't i'm just curious at that level if like the um, majority of of players had
0: aau experience I am not sure of a single one that had not played AAU.
1: All right, that's a pretty good indicator.
0: <laughs> I, like I, I don't know all of them, like all the what teams they were on, but for the most part, I'm pretty sure every single one of them played AAU ball.
1: So that wraps up the questions that I had for you. Is there anything I can answer on your end?
0: Um, no, that's pretty much it.
1: Well, it was fun having you on the show today, Josh. I hope that you got something out of it and enjoyed your time as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I look forward to talking to you in the future. Good luck with your AU season and the rest of the games you have left. And if you wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners what that inspirational halftime speech was that you gave to your team. Oh, yeah,
0: no problem. I told him I said, gather in real close, real close, real close. Don't shoot the ish, shoot the swish. And you won that game? Won it, dubs. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord flip you.
1: So that concludes the third episode of the Oswish No Ish podcast. Thank you for staying tuned. I know it was a little longer than the other ones. Please tune in next week to catch episode four with some new content. And make sure to connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at McBala Sports Training. And also Twitter at McBalaTraining. Training. Also check out the website, McBalaSports.site123.me and stay up to date with latest videos interviews articles and social media content if you have a topic you would like me to cover in a future episode just reach out to me on one of those platforms and i will get back with you see you soon